Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Tonight, I want to show you some cute pics. Not like cute pic might delete later type pics. Um, but um, I want to show you some cute pics. And they all have to do with the manger scene. Have you ever seen those like, it seems like grandmas really like those kind of like cute, precious moment type manger scenes. So I'm going to show you some cute pictures and you're going to have to say all oh, every time you see them, okay? Oh, that's pretty good. Isn't that cute? We'll try it again. <laughs> well, now you're getting a little ridiculous. Oh, now that one's cute. Okay. Oh, I mean, that, like that one, that one could solve like the, the Republican-Democrat thing, peace in the Middle East. Like, I'm not sure how scripturally accurate that is. I don't think the Bible says that Jesus as a two-hour-old infant mounted a young sheep, but, um, but uh, it's pretty darn cute. I don't know what to think about that one. <laughs> I don't think that's an owl. I don't even know what that is. It's like baby Jesus holding a, uh, I don't even know what flag that is. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's some weird, weird pictures out there. Um, but we're doing a, we're going to do for Christmas a series called Among Us. Um, and uh, the reason for that series is because, well, first of all, it's something that you're familiar with. Well, how many of you... You, you play it on a semi-frequent basis. How many of you will be down that we do like a refuel one every once in a while? Put like the code on the Instagram and do some, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, try, we'll try that here in the next few days. Um, but the whole premise, obviously, I don't have to tell you, but behind the game is that there are imposters, right? And that they're hard to figure out. They blend in, but there are imposters among us. So as we're going into Christmas, we're going to be talking about how God came to live among us. And Jesus obviously wasn't an imposter, but um, Jesus lived among us. But what's crazy is in John chapter 1, it says that he came to the world, but the world didn't know him, that he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. So Jesus really was the first good imposter that came and lived among us, and we never figured it out. Um, so the title of, I guess, the lesson tonight is I'm calling it Emergency Meeting, and it's out of John chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 1, um, but it, it's called Emergency Meeting, and, and, and the reason it's called Emergency Meeting is because if you've ever read the book of John, John was an apostle. What in the world does that mean? It, mean, it means that he was someone who lived when Jesus lived and spent time with Jesus. So the book of John is John recording his life with Jesus. So, you know, Jesus healed a guy. John wrote down, Jesus healed a guy. You know, yeah, G Jesus walked on water. John writes down, Jesus walked on water. You know, Jesus says this. John wrote down, Jesus said this. You know, so it's, it's this just like pretty much like reading the life of Jesus. But every once in a while, John will pause, like, telling the story of Jesus and make some comments about Jesus. And John chapter 1 is John's first, like, comment about Jesus. Theologians, like, snotty, snobby, you know, you know, smart people call it an aside, meaning John takes his readers aside. But tonight, I'm going to call it an emergency meeting that John calls because he puts those little things in his account of Jesus because he wants people, there were people who were saying things about Jesus that weren't true during John's day after Jesus went back to heaven. People were going around saying, Jesus wasn't really a person. So John's like, ah, hold on, I got to talk to you about how Jesus was a person. Then there were some people that said, oh, Jesus wasn't really God. 
Jesus was just a person like me and you, and he did some really cool things, so that's cool. John does, takes the first chapter of John is an emergency meeting where John says, let me tell you who Jesus really was. So John is interesting, though. Anybody know what there are three? There are three. <laughs> I went to a Grace Christian School, and I know how many three is. Uh, that's where I went to school. I'm not dogging school. Anyway, there are four guys who wrote down the doings of Jesus. Anybody know who they are? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, they, they, they all were people who lived with Jesus, wrote down what Jesus did. And Matthew was really interested to make sure you knew about Jesus's birth, who Jesus's parents were. So that's kind of like the awe factor, right? Jesus was born of this young, kind of like teen mom named Mary, you know, and they traveled all this way to Bethlehem and had this baby. And Mary holds the little baby in her arms. and Everybody says, oh, you know, then Mark also talked about Jesus's birth. And I, I call it the, it's called the gospel of Mark, but I call it the gospel according to Mulan because um, Mark is the shortest of the gospel. And it's like when Mark starts, he doesn't like use any extra words. He's just like, let's get down to business. Yeah. Does nobody else know that? Okay. Uh, so I call it the gospel according to Mulan, but he, he, Mark makes sure that you know that Jesus, uh, when, he, when he was born, he was born, born during this time of this guy named John the Baptist. So Mark's concerned about making sure you know Jesus like in history. And then there's Luke. He's the nerd. Anybody here a nerd and you're willing to admit it? You are a nerd. Luke was a nerd. He was a doctor and a historian. So can you imagine how detailed of a person he was? Don't, re, don't try to rearrange Luke's sock drawer. He'd have a, a hissy fit. You know, yeah, Luke was a very detailed person, so Luke wanted to make sure you knew like, when Jesus was born, the history, and he wanted to make sure you knew all the details about Jesus' birth. So that's where we get all the cutesy things, you know, like um, yeah, the shepherds, the sheep, the stable, you know, this little baby Jesus that Mary was holding in her arms, you know, you know the star, that was like, all, all these beautiful, cute, cute, cute things that make you say, oh, you got it, okay, you, you, you're so good. But John's different. While the other guys, they take the perspective of like what happened with Jesus' birth in the natural world, and that's helpful for us too, right? It's, it's, good, it's good to know all those cute details, it's fun. John wants to show you what happened supernaturally when Jesus was born. And what John tells us is this, is that God lived among us. That's the big thing I want you to leave with tonight, that God lived among us. So now that you're at John chapter one, I wanna read a few verses with you. And then I think I've got my handy dandy pencil. I wanna see if it works. I'm gonna draw a little smiley face up here. Okay, it works. Um, so let's read in John chapter one, um, verse number 14. We're about halfway down on the screen if you don't have your Bible. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is he of whom I have said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we've received grace upon grace for the law is given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who's at the father's side has made him known. So there's some important things that we need to learn about Jesus. And the first thing that we need to know about Jesus is who is he? Who is he? That's why John had this emergency meeting as people were debating who Jesus was. In verse 14, it describes Jesus as the word. 
What in the world does that mean? What does the word, word mean? You know, what word does word, the word, word mean? What word does the word, word mean? <laughs> am, I, am I getting a little too complicated here? What, what does he mean by saying the word? Why doesn't he just call Jesus? Why doesn't he just call him God? To find out what the word, word means, let's go back, is, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, if you go for a few verses back, it talks about it again. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and that he was in the beginning with God. So we learn some interesting things about Jesus because he uses the term word. Well, what does that mean? Well, there were two kinds of people that John was writing to. There were people who were like Jesus and they were Jewish, and there were people who weren't Jewish. Two different races and two different cultures. And what the Greek people would have understood is that he wrote it in Greek. We have the English Bible, but it was originally written in Greek. When when John was like, oh, Jesus did that, let me write it down. Oh, Jesus did that, let me write it down. He wrote in the language that was the Greek language. And when he said the word, word, so confusing, I'm sorry. He used this word. Anybody know how you would say that word? Logos. That's pretty good. You You guys are smart. You guys are smart. And what does that word kind of look like? It looks like logic, right? That's where we get the word logic from. How many of y'all have to take logic in school and it's like a cuss word to you? Yeah, a few of you. Okay. Yeah, it's like a cuss word to you. I apologize for cussing in front of you. Um, but here, here's what that word meant. That word, the word, word, the word logos, it was a word that Greek and Roman people used to refer to the mind of the universe. Have you ever heard this term? That's where we're going to get back here. You ever heard this term? The universe just hates me. You ever heard that term? You ever heard somebody say that? Like, like, yeah, you have a bad day. You spill coffee on your crotch or whatever. You're like, the universe hates me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 have, you, you have a bad day. You have a bad month. You have a 2020. <laughs> You're like, the universe just hates me. I talked to one person. They said, the universe just kind of corrects, corrects itself. The whole karma thing, you know, you do bad things to people, bad things will happen to you. And that's what these Greek people believed is that, like, there's not necessarily, they didn't believe that there was a God. They just believed, like, oh, there's, like, this karma thing. There's this universe thing out here. And and, and that the rational mind of the universe is what we worship. So what John is saying is that that rational mind of the universe is more than just this, like, non-God thing. It says, in the beginning was the Word, so the Word was in the beginning. When was the beginning? Was it like in the 1950s when your grandparents were born? Like, that seems like a long time ago. Like, was it like Civil War? When was the beginning? Was the beginning when like the first human like invented fire? So I make fire. Like, like when was the beginning? Some say, well, God created the earth. Well, what happened before that? What happened before that? And what happened before that? It says, in the beginning was the word. That means that Jesus is eternal. He's always existed. Even though he was this cute little baby that makes you say, oh, being held by Mary. Before that, he always existed. It says the word was with God. That means that he was co I can't spell. I'm bad at spelling in front of people. I'm a nervous speller. I don't like exposing my letters to people. He was co-equal with God. And then it says in the word, 
was God. In the summer, you may see some people with these button-up white shirts riding bikes, knocking on your door. You ever see those people? They're part of a cult around the area, and they believe that Jesus was, I'm not, I'm not joking, he really there. And, and they believe that Jesus was this, not a God, but he was a little God, and if we try really hard, we could become like Jesus too, because they believe it says the word was a God. That's not what it says. Even in the Greek, it says the word was God. So that means that even in Jesus' like essence, he was God. So it says, and the word did what? I'm gonna change my color. What color should I use? Pink? It's my favorite color. Did anybody, ever, nobody knows that song? Okay, you gotta look it up. It's, it's Prince, right? Prince? Pink is the color of passion? Let's get back to the Bible. It says the word did what? <laughs> The word became flesh. Even the leaders are like, this guy's lost it. The word became flesh. So now we start learning who Jesus was. God came to us with skin on. It says the word became flesh. This God that lived forever ago, in the beginning, before there was a beginning, there was God. This God that is the supreme mind of the universe. This God that created everything. It says he became flesh flesh, meaning he took on a human body. That's pretty wild to think about. Jesus was 100% God. He was 100% human. You know what I call that, right? I've said it before like a million times. Yeah, was that Christian that said it? Okay, yeah, Jesus was God in a bod. See, I, I've determined one thing. You're gonna know who Jesus was because I repeat this every Christmas. Jesus was God in a bod. Never forget it. Never forget it. He, why is that so important that he came to us with skin on? He came to us as a human. Because for the first time ever, when Jesus was born, a tear rolled down the cheek of God. He knew what it meant to cry. You ever, if you ever had a, well, hopefully you've never had a baby. <laughs> you've ever been around a baby. Um, you know, babies cry a lot. And for the first time, God has always known what it's like to cry, but he's never felt what it's like to cry. So I know that when I cry, God knows how that feels because he cried. Jesus grew up to be a teenager and had acne. He knows how that feels. Jesus had people reject him and he knows what it's like to be rejected. Jesus experienced what many believe experienced anxiety before he went and died on the cross, it says he, he, he was so intense, he was praying so intense, and he said, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death, and he was so overwhelmed with what he knew he would do on the cross, it says that he sweat drops of blood. That's a medical condition where you, you have so much anxiety that the capillaries in your, in your veins behind your sweat glands burst open, and out of the sweat glands come blood. So you think nobody knows what it's, how you feel when you're dealing with this anxiety, it means that Jesus knows how you feel. That God isn't this like mind of the universe that either exists throughout the whole universe or he's up in heaven and doesn't give a darn about what you're doing. He knows that Jesus knows exactly how you feel tonight because he experienced your situation. So God came to us with skin, but God also came to us with an address. I put a picture of like the, the uh, what would we call it? The basic girl Mecca up here. Um, you know, how many, <laughs> how many of y'all yeah, gotta have some Starbucks in your life? How many, you go at how many go at least once a week? How many go at least twice a week? I don't go, but I buy it 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. How many of you go like more than three times a week? Anybody, anybody need a support group? Okay. Uh, do what? You've never gone? Oh, I'm going to take you to Starbucks one day, Gabe. But here, I'm going to show my age though. I was in college and Huntington had not, there was no Starbucks in Huntington for a long time. I know that's hard to imagine. Like, you know, was it even civilization? There's no Starbucks in Huntington. And one, and I always, I would, I'd always heard about it. Everybody talks about it. And then one day on Merritt's Creek, a building starts coming up. And they put that Starbucks in up there by Target. Target's a whole other thing you girls like, and I don't understand that one. But, um, but um, they put a Starbucks in. So now Starbucks had an address. And when I needed, when I wanted some good coffee, I could go up to Starbucks and I could order I don't know what your order is, but my order is a triple shot mocha with skim milk and no whip. You should try it. Yeah. Um, I could access it. I could go get my coffee. This, let me go back to the, to the, to the, the verse here. This word, God, the word became flesh. Oh, new color. Let's do powder blue. Became flesh and dwelt among us. That word for dwelt, first off, it's among us title. Dwelt among us. That's the Greek word. That's a pretty cool word. Pretty cool to say. Can anybody say that word? It sounds, it's fun to say. It's skanu. Try that. Try that. Skanu. Skanu. And here's what that word means. It's, it's a word that, it's kind of a Jewish word and it means to, it means to set up a shop, to move in, or when it's with religious things, it means to tabernacle with someone. In the Old Testament, you read about the tabernacle that when, when, when the Jewish people left Egypt, Exodus, you know, 10 plagues, you know, Prince of Egypt stuff, um, and they, they were going through the desert, they had the tabernacle that they would take with them, and that's where the presence of God was. And then they built a temple, and that's where the presence of God was, and then that temple was destroyed, and they built another one, and that's where the presence of God was. What that means is that Jesus now that the presence of God isn't in a building. It's not in a church. It's not in a K-Love song on the radio. The presence of God, the address of God is Jesus. And, and that's a big deal too. Because a lot of people, they try to get to God. Um, a lot of people try to get to God by going to church. A lot of people try to get to God by reading their Bible. But you only get to God through Jesus. So if we wanna know where God is, we wanna know what God looks like, look to Jesus. So not only was Jesus with skin, was he with an address, he came with a message. If you keep reading, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came with a message. And what was that message? It says, we have seen his glory and it was full of grace and truth. I, th I believe that people generally have one of two pictures of God. And you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to think, which of these is kind of the way I see God? Some see God as your, your, your grumpy old great uncle who comes for Thanksgiving and you're glad he didn't come for Thanksgiving because of COVID this year. You get, a, you, get a, you get a year off. And he's the one that is just gets angry about anything. You know, you're like, don't talk about the election in front of Grandpa, Uncle Jeff. You know, like, 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 like don't talk about COVID. He's gonna, he's, he's got some theories for us. You know, and and we, when we think of some some people, when they think of God, they think of someone who's sitting at the edge of his seat with a lightning bolt, ready to just like zing it 
like Dak Prescott to Amari Cooper. He, he, wants, he, wants to, he wants to see you screw up, and he wants to pick up a tree and knock you out because God is all about beating people up. God is up there in heaven. He's ticked off and he's angry. Some people think of God as this way. Oh, you know, God just loves everyone. He's just this nice guy up in heaven. He's got wings and a harp and angels, and he's floating around in a cloud. He's just this loving, like, he, he's just this nice guy. He's, he's like your great grandma, you know? So we obviously have two extreme, and, and I'm being a little extreme here, but generally people think of God as either 100% right or wrong truth, ready to pick up a tree and knock you out, where you think of God as just pretty much letting everything go. He's okay with anything. But what do we see from Jesus here? It says he was as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So just like Jesus was 100% God and 100% man, Jesus was 100% grace and 100% truth. We, we can't do that as humans, can we? Like, you're either going to get the grace mat or the truth mat, and usually it depends on what kind of day I had. You know what it's like? You're done with school. You get in the car. You've had a crappy day. I'm not supposed to say this. You've had a bad day at school, and you get in the car, and your mom's like, how was school today, honey? And you're like, I don't want to talk to you. And you're just a big old jerk to your parents. You know you do it. Don't act like you don't. Um, but then when you've had a good day, you're feeling very graceful, so you, you, get a, you, you kind of prance into the minivan, you know, what, you, the family mobile, and your mom's like, how was school today, honey? You're like, oh, it was good, you know, and, 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 and you're just like really like cool with your, with your mom, with your dad. Um, people usually either get the grace us or they get the truth us. You know, we're ready to go all Ben Shapiro on people or we're ready to just be like kind and gentle with people, but they never seem to get both. But with Jesus, he was full of grace and truth. And we can see that in the way that he dealt with people. You know, Jesus dealt in, John talks about this big time. You've got in John chapter three, you've got, I call him the Pharisee in John three, who was a religious person. And Jesus gave him the truth that he needed to repent of his sins and he gave him grace. He showed him how he could do it. You have the Pharisee in John 3 and then you got the whore in John 4. And this was a woman who slept around a lot and was Jesus ready to pick up a tree and knock her out? No, he said, I wanna show you how you can have eternal life. He gave her the truth too. He said, where is your husband? She's like, I don't have a husband. He said, well, what are you gonna do about that? And he gave her grace and he gave her truth. And Jesus is the perfect embodiment of what we need because we need truth. We need to know what's right and what's wrong. We need to know what God's standard is and Jesus is God's standard. But well, here's what you realize when you look at God's standard, you realize how short you fall. And that's when we need Jesus's grace. Jesus was grace and truth because when he died on the cross, that was the truth. He paid for our sin, our sin hung on him. And the grace was that Jesus stood in our place so that we could live forever. So Jesus came with a message and that message was 100% grace and 100% truth. Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, 100% grace, 100% truth. But what's so sad is that nobody other than Mary and the shepherds when he was born and a few disciples when he died, nobody really understood that Jesus was standing in front of them as being God. God lived among us. So how do we respond to what we've learned here? 
Some of you are just a little shocked at the, what I said, and I probably should have made it a little more PG. Um, but um, I've, got, I've got three R words. I really wanted F words tonight, but I've got three R words for you tonight. And the first is, if, if we're going to celebrate Christmas like Jesus did, the first is we should respond to God. Yeah, it says that God sent his son. He sent Jesus for you. You know, one thing that drives me crazy is when... I send someone a message, and I'm bad about this too, so I shouldn't be too hard on you guys or anyone else. Somebody sends me a text, or I send someone a text, or I send someone a snap, and they leave me, what do you call it? They leave me on, yeah. They leave me on, I'm just, yeah, you leave me on red, you're dead. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> they leave me on red. You know that God sent us a message, and many of us have left God on red, meaning God sent Jesus to us, and we have not responded to him. So if you don't know if you're a Christian, you don't know how, if you're saved, a child of God, respond to Jesus tonight. John 1 verse 7 right here says exactly how you should respond to Jesus. Excuse me, verse 12, it says, those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To be saved, you believe in the name of Jesus. You believe in what he did. So have you left God on red? Respond to God. Those of us who are Christians, We've responded to God, we're saved, but God speaks to us every day through his word. But how often do we, A, not read the Bible, but B, read it, and we're just like, okay, that's interesting. I don't think I'm gonna do that today. We need to respond to God. The next is that we need to reside with others. What's so cool is what Jesus did for us. He died for us, he became one of us. And isn't it interesting that when Jesus became one of us, he got into our world. And how sad is it that some of us, we don't get into the worlds of others. I feel like COVID has done that to us. It's done that to me. Like I'm less likely to talk to people. Anybody feel like that? Like, like the people I know, when I get to see them, I'm like, come here, let me give you a big hug, you know? But like, like yeah, I'm not as social as, I feel like I'm not as social as I used to be. We need to, we need to get to know people. We need to get to know people on a deeper level. We need to get, see if my pen will work here, get a bright color I can use. Um, we need to get to know people we need to be with them physically, like we need to be in the same room as them. We need to gather with people. We need to get to know people emotionally. We need to feel what people feel. That's what Jesus did. We need to get to know them spiritually. We need to get to know them underneath the surface. How do we get to know people? Should I go there? You gotta get, oh, I've got two minutes. So for the next two minutes, I'm gonna talk to how you really get to know people. You get naked with them. Some of, you like, some of you are like, I came to the wrong church. <laughs> this is a cult. <laughs> it's an easy way. The word naked is an easy way to remember how to get to know somebody on a deeper level. And you're like, you're not kidding. Let me show you here. It's an acronym. Yeah, Christian, Christian sees where I'm going here. To get to know someone, you have to get naked with them. And here's how you get naked with them. I'm going to keep saying it because it's driving you crazy. You get to know their name. Question, do you know the name of every person in the room here tonight? People never forget if you remember their name. The next one, the A, is address. Now, you don't walk up to somebody like, can you give me your address? <laughs> you're like, no, you creepy stalker, you're gonna come kill me. <laughs> Where do they live? Do they live in Barbersville? Do they live in Milton? Do they live in Ona? Do they live across the river in Ohio? Are they from the, the, the backwoods of Salt Rock? Like, 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 like where, do, where are they from? Anybody here from Salt Rock? Um, 
Where are they from? Um, get to know them. The next is kin. Kin's a fancy word for family, but it works with the naked thing, so we go with it. Kin or family. Do you have brothers? Do you have sisters? Do you live with your mom? Do you live with your dad? Do you live with both your parents? What's your story? What's your family's story? You learn a lot about someone when you figure out what's going on at home. Now, the next one, I really have to try to make this work, okay? But I put email, but maybe you'll want to follow them on social instead. Maybe you'll want to get their number and you can text them. But find a way to electronically communicate with them so that you can communicate with them, not just on Wednesdays or not just when you see them at church on Sundays, so you can stay up. And then the last one is dreams. What are their dreams? What do they hope to be? What gets them up in the morning? Not just what do they want to be when they grow up. Who do they want to be? What if we got to know people like Jesus got to know us when he came to earth? Jesus was what we call incarnational. He was on our level. And I hate to say it, but Christians have the Christians kind of have the label or they have the notoriety of, be, of, of acting like they're better than people. Do we not sometimes? People think Christians are stuck up snobs. How do we get around that? We get naked with people. This way. And the final thing is re-gift God's love. You know, God came to us. This is the one Christmas present you're allowed to re-gift. You're good to give to someone else. Regift God's love. Think about one person that you know that's not saved and start praying for them. So God came to live among us. Next week we'll be in 1 John. We're gonna talk about God's love among us. Um, so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna have a special prayer time. So let's, um, let's, let's bow our heads together and let's, uh, let's thank God for Jesus. Uh, Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for Jesus. Um, thank you that he, you're not just up there but that you came down here. We couldn't get up there. We couldn't get to you because of our sin, but you came to us. So God, I pray that as we think about tonight how we should respond to that, um, God, first I pray that we'll just be so grateful for you and so grateful for Jesus and grateful for our salvation. This Christmas will remind us not just about the cutesy stuff because the cutesy stuff doesn't solve our problem. The cutesy stuff doesn't fix our world, but God on earth does. So God, I pray that we'd be so grateful and that it'll give us hope during some very dark times in our life, very challenging times. God, I pray that also we'll take your example, just like you came and lived among us, that we will live our lives around others, that we won't let COVID and that we won't let the, just the isolation that we've experienced turn us into people who don't share life with others. God, that we'll get to know people on, a, on more than just a friendship level, but on a deep level. And God, I pray for people who don't know Jesus, um, that you'll, you'll use us as instruments um, to help them to know your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.